I'm Jackie Jones and welcome to my podcast, Living Life Being Human, the number one podcast for anxiety, stress and mental health support. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of my latest podcast episodes. And if you get any value from this podcast, please support me by leaving a review. It really does help me out and it motivates me to keep making these podcasts. You can connect with me on social media at Jackie Jones Coaching or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel to get weekly videos all around anxiety, stress and mental health. I really hope you enjoy this episode. So welcome to this next episode of Living Life Being Human with me, Jackie Jones. And today I've got the wonderful Catherine Thomas Humphreys. I've got that right, haven't I? Jackie, you've got that right. You've got good, that right. The, the, I don't even know how to phrase this, but the Finfluencer. It is. It's Imagine financial influencer and just squeeze them together. Lovely. Finfluencer. I've, I've there been you go. Looking, you've got yeah. fluent in it. Yes, I've been looking at lots of stuff. So Catherine offers financial coaching for parents and families, which is very dear to my heart. Um, she creates new confident positive money relationships that work for them to support what they really want and what they want and enjoy out of life so that they can focus on what matters to them most their families yeah. that's a lovely I just think that's amazing um, Catherine is a qualified financial advisor certified money coach we all need a certified money coach in our lives <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to realize that. Certified. <laughs> she's a money blogger and a family will writer which is unusual I think it's not I don't know there must be people that write wills but it's not something any of us ever really contemplate it's one of those things I'll do it further down the line yeah yeah I think it's it is bringing the family back into it um that we see money and wills it's kind of individual things yes or yeah. even slightly external but actually the purpose of them is is usually to support or get something to our family in one way or the other so it really is just bringing the language back in because that's where the purpose sits for me from my personal experience so yeah, yeah. Um, so Catherine works one-to-one -one for financial coaching with clients she also has a small money coaching group and I believe you're soon to be launching a membership program yeah, yeah. I am we can I'm talk actually really excited about that so yeah we definitely. can talk lots about that and we met through the women and money cafe which I, I love there's a there's a it's like it's like loose women for financial things yeah. I love it <laughs> well, I think we originally met on clubhouse it was on clubhouse but you've kind of moved over now to maybe more on facebook and you've also launched a fantastic podcast yesterday it yesterday yeah, it went live and it's had just over 200 downloads already so Amazing. really really exciting so, but you're not the first one to describe it as a kind of loose women for money um so yeah and that's again it's about yeah it's about bringing that humanness back into and I think that's why we resonate with you and and like vice versa is it's not about money it's about people yeah, yeah. Um, and life and I think sometimes we do have a certain, you know, belief system or values around money and money is very serious and we should take it very serious and everything. Whereas you put a completely different slant on it, that it, it should just be introduced as part of our normal life, family life. Children should be aware of money and finances and 
how to make it work for us and all those sorts of things. So I'm so interested in anything and everything that you've got to say. So do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit and say why you do what you do and how you got to be where you are today? Yeah, um, so thank you for that lovely introduction. Um, and I think the why is really important. I've heard from hearing it back, you don't often hear who you are back from someone else, um, that it was very much driven by a struggling young family. Um, so I started my family very, very young. Um, really the odds of everything was kind of stacked against. I couldn't have chosen a harder path if somebody had said, take the hard path, which one do you want? Yeah. Um, but I absolutely loved my family. I loved being a mom. I loved being a young mom. Um, I had a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, but it was kind of under marred, under, not underpinned by a kind of financial worry. Yeah. So for all the hard work, it's <clears throat> when you're worried about making the end of the month, it distracts you from everything. Um, and it means that that really great family time you could be having is there's just this little anxiety in the back, just ruining it for you, really. Um, now, on the one hand, there's some brilliantly creative opportunities you get to. Uh, what's that saying um, necessity is the mother of all invention when you've yeah. got nothing you really do get kind of um, creative and involved with it but I always wanted to change that um, and I think I came from a background that was very scarcity it was not poor but there was never any meat on the bones yeah. um, and the idea was that we worked hard you had what you had you were grateful for it and it was like it was this fixed belief that this yeah. was an unchangeable state of affairs yeah um but I didn't really like that I thought hang on a second I don't believe this I'm not I'm not buying this one <laughs> well done you for challenging it <laughs> that that is the key and that is the key and that I mean you asked why they the business was called influencer and yeah. that's why every single one of us can influence and change it and I find that really empowering and that's when I'm coaching I have don't have your answers for you yeah. but I can help you find your answers for you to make that change. Yeah. Um, and when you really do believe that you can change it, and that's not to say that you're to blame for it being as it was, because that's just a belief running out in the background, yeah. but yeah. challenging it, you've got that power and that's the bit where you can play. Um, so it kind of changed my finances for me were about having the family that I wanted um, and not about being rich, not about, these other kind of messages we get about what money is yeah. um so yeah I I set out to change it and and I did successfully um and then through that journey I thought actually a lot of people seem to ask me have you done that why are you doing that so I retrained originally as a financial advisor um which I love I love advising but it's very much you and I sit there and I've got the answers and the solutions and to me that's not empowering enough my lesson or my learning was I had that power so the coaching was the natural next step and that's the bit that I love that's where the, the transformation comes um, yeah. and I love it when they have their aha moments and yes. you see change so there's nothing like a good aha moment <sighs> I think this is the thing that really interests me the financial advisor bit I, I get that but the financial coaching is that a new thing or that um, I've not heard about it because I think it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a growing, definitely a growing area. I think you probably see this as well, that coaching generally is as a business or as an opportunity or 
there's more of us recognizing that even at all those stages of our life, I still get coached. Yeah. Um, we and still coach, need that. coaches, yeah, all the time, yeah. supervision. Yeah, yeah you, you're never going to see it yourself until someone just gives you the question you need to ask yourself and then you can. Yeah. So I think there's been a greater realisation that we need coaching. Um, and then I think the advice industry um, recognised that this is quite factual. We needed more soft skills, more relationships. And there's been a massive movement, even not named coaching, in terms of really creating a positive advice industry, which looks at people and their plans and their dreams and their time rather than the product that's at the end of it yeah um so then alongside that i think there was the blend of here's the coaching here's the advice um and i think one of the key things is and i see this every single time 100 percent with my clients is you're you're there talking about their money relationship or how they are with money but the impact that has on their own relationship with themselves with partners and back to family which is the heart of what I do um it ripples all the way through so it really is a relationship so it's definitely coaching first and I think it starts with the money and then ripples out from there yeah so you touched on some really amazing things then just I I was literally writing the odd words down because I do I'm menopausal so I forget lots of (laughs) there was something that you said about blame and shame and that really resonates with me that you know sometimes what prevents us from reaching out or getting support and advice is the fear of judgment and Mm. that blame and shame and Mm. around finances it's a real touchy for somebody to open themselves up and feel quite vulnerable about maybe the situation that they found themselves in you know not saying that any of us coaches do the blame and shame but they they blame themselves and feel a lot of shame around whether they've got into debt whether you know they can't afford to buy their children certain things it's a real bleak place for some people it is it is and i'm glad you mentioned because it's it's the the button it's the thing that um makes me really kind of heckle because um i mean i think there's two things firstly there's a blame and and then there's the shame so i'm just going to stick to to my story because i know it rather than pull an example in is when i was raising my my first one the shame wasn't about the money it was about my situation but i didn't recognize that at the time yeah and that then filtered over into it was my fault I'd created this um and therefore I was to blame for this um and you see at both ends of the spectrum with money we we often assume it's going to be someone who's ashamed that they've not done well with money or they haven't got enough but we see a lot of shaming um on the other extreme which is someone might share a great success that they bought a car that was important to them, that they worked for, that was valuable to them for a reason. And we have to tear them down for it. So you see it at both, both ends. Um, and I don't think it's anyone else's business because at the end Love of the that. day, no, I know you, <laughs> it isn't. It's my money and my values and my dreams and my goals. And it is a totally personal um, relationship that we have with it and what we do with it. Um, so when... I'm coaching. I'm I'm so non-judgmental. I surprise myself. There's not anything anyone will say to me that will make me think anything of, of judgment. I just think with shame, um, more so than guilt, it's, it feels very integral, very much like I am, yeah. um, rather than I feel bad. Um, and I think therefore it's a much 
I don't want to use one thing of the word to use. I don't want to use crippling, but it, is a, it has a bigger impact, I think, yeah. because it feels very much like I am this thing. Yeah. And when we realise that we're not that thing, that's very, very freeing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love I love the freeing part of it. You know, and for me, with all my work, the fundamental thing is awareness. Mm-hmm. Because once we're aware of something, then we have a choice whether we want to change it. Is it working for me or is it not? Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. So I I love the way that you talk about, you know, the work that you do. You're obviously passionate. (coughs) I've got a right tickle. It's okay. Talk about success. Success. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a great word, because what does it mean? And I think it comes back to it's our own. It's very, very personal. Um, Now, my idea of success is going to be vastly different to yours and to the to the client in front of either of us, um, and I think that the work is exactly as you said is is what is awareness to us. I think we chase things, even we think maybe we want this as success because we never questioned it. Yeah. Maybe we saw a successful parent or a sibling or had that experience as a child, and we think that's what we need to be. Um, or we don't have a, an internal sense of being really valuable, and we attribute this external thing, well, I might feel more valuable or more deserving, and therefore we're chasing that success. So I think it's really coming right back down to ourselves as individuals and saying, what's valuable to me? What would make me feel successful? And um, So for me, success is actually facilitating someone else's, Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about I don't want to get to 80 years rocking in my chair thinking I didn't give back this thing I think I'm meant to be giving back so if I've not achieved my why then that to me is not a success so that's where mine lies uh, financially that's going to come alongside with it um, because I'm I'm not a charity um, I'm yeah. not that was my own thing I've worked for many years thinking that I was meant to do all this stuff for free that because it had a, a higher purpose um, that therefore it, it wasn't worthy of being paid but that just reflected me thinking I wasn't worthy of being given to so yeah. as yeah. soon as you start peeling back it's you, you really it's, it's about how we feel about ourselves and what we define um, as yeah. ourselves so can I ask what success is for you, Jackie? Very similar to what you're saying. There's, a, there's mindset fits in a lot with me. The things I inherited from my family have a lot to do with what success is mm-hmm. and whether success is something um, that we should aim for. There's, there's a bit of shame around success for me, which I find really interesting. You know, I don't know, keeping up with the Joneses or you know what is success and if we get it should we then hide it and you know all those sort of things I think my family had a lot of jealousy around successful people or that's my belief around it you know that it was kind of like people like us won't be successful people like us never have money and you touched on something earlier on about scarcity and I did inherit particularly my mum's fear of losing it all she was one of these people that you know you didn't buy anything on credit it was always you saved up for it you bought what you could and anything extra was hidden under the bed you know metaphorically (laughs) for a rainy day there was always going to be a rainy day so we had to scrimp and save and plan for that doom and gloom that was inevitable and it it shadowed a lot of my 
you know, mindset around success, money, you know, how much money should I have in order to be okay to lose it all? And just a really weird <laughs> mentality around money. I mean, it's, it's interesting seeing it from kind of the two sides is that the scarcity and you can almost feel the fear that yeah. your grandma would have had with that, that, yeah. that doom and gloom was, a, and therefore we have a, a fear of losing the money, a fear of that situation, but that then pervades into the fear in and around finance, yeah. which and you never get the same behavior. Um, so I've seen it with one lady I'm working with where the fear was so much that she almost um, obsessively budgeted. Um, and then you see it in someone else and the fear is so much they don't they never look so yes, you can have very yes. different behaviors but kind of driven by that same fear and then with the success what belief what internal cap have, have we set for ourselves so what's the, the amount that feels right where well, we still feel like we're with that group that we've come from so with the family people like us yeah because if you're not if you are successful then by default you're not people like us anymore yeah so you've got to move away from belonging is quite a powerful need in all of us yeah absolutely um and i think as well as the more we do it's not like oh now i'm comfortable with it there's a great big success i think it's almost like we level up so yeah we just almost have to grow into can i be a little bit more successful where which boundary is now comfortable um and then when we're at that boundary explore a little bit more well okay what's comfortable now um there was a term we used this extremely random fact but i used to be a yoga teacher somewhere along yeah. that journey i skipped that um and one of the terms we used was playing the edge so as you're expanding or growing physically or flexibility or strength or even mentally you're you've got to be on that that cusp of yeah. where you the right place for you to expand but without being broken um, or, or too small and not growing yeah I love that my I don't know how but my particularly my eldest has not inherited a lot of our family values and beliefs his attitude towards money success mindset and everything is quite unique um and he often says to me, you know, if I gave you £10,000, what would you do with it? And it's it's that mindset of having that money and freeing you up. Mm. And, but how do I get that money in the first place? And then once you get to that amount, well, I'm going to put it in the bank and save it. And he's like, you know, you can't have that mindset, mum. Once you've got that money, you've got to invest it back in. You've got to make it grow for you. You've got to make it work not just stick it in a bank account and admire the zeros on the end of it. <laughs> yeah, they are just zeros, aren't they? Yeah, um, he doesn't have a fear of losing it because his mindset is, I'll just make it again. So I think so my siblings very close. Um, yeah. So we had exactly the same upbringing. And yet each one of us is very, very different because I think when we're presented with that choice as a child, um, and most of those beliefs are, are very young children, we interpret it based on what we know at the time. And yeah. I think our first choice is, do we do the same or do we rebel it and do something completely different? So we start with that kind of bipolar, that's probably the wrong term, um, choice. And then yeah. we refine that and they all overlap and there's lots and lots of those decisions coming along. So it could be that he's he's looked and thought, hang on a second, I'm a bit like me, like I'm not I don't want to do that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to try the opposite first. Yeah. And then, you know, you'll kind of swing between and, and find and refine it as you go. Um, my my son sounds very like like yours, um, 
And I think he witnessed in our family that change from when he was young, there was the scarcity and, and the fear. Yeah. And now he sees the other side of it. Um, but he was of the right sort of age that he's able to, to reflect on both. So yeah. um, that's been his example. Um, and, just, and I think my daughter as well, more inclined. Um, we moved house so many times during those kind of early years because we didn't have a choice. Um, that her response is, I'm going to buy a house straight away and I'm going to stay and, and, buy, and have my house. So she's trying to fulfill, I guess, I hope she's not listening. I do love you. <laughs> you are listening, sweetheart. Yeah. Um, to to feel, fulfill that feeling and need to be secure, to be yeah. safe, to be still and to yeah. be in one place. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting when you start peeling back where those beliefs have come from. Um, yeah, and I love the fact, exactly, I, I talk about it an awful lot. We always have choices. And what you were saying, we either look at it and model ourselves on it or we look at it and think, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And we do something completely opposite. Um, And that is our choice. But often the the values and beliefs are that deep rooted in us and totally agree with what you said. It's formed at such a young age. We don't even realise that we made the choice in the first place. It's kind of like in our DNA. We just inherited it. Where the reality is we can challenge those beliefs. We can make a, a change. It's not that we're, I don't want to say stuck this way forevermore, but, you know, we, we can challenge, you know, the choices that we made when we were younger, before we had the life experience. Yeah, and I think that's where the, the coaching, it's just that interruption, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, this is playing out. Um, as I'm playing it out without the awareness, I need someone to interrupt it for me until I get to the point where, because even, you know, even today, um, I'll, and I'll hear a voice, and I think, oh, that's where's that come from? Who's that? Which part of that's out? Yes. So once it's almost like it becomes the new habit to, to question, to just kind of become aware that this these ideas and beliefs are just running there in the background. Um, and they're only ours. So that means that we are completely in charge of changing them. Yeah. Um, we had this conversation of the day in the, the podcast, Women and Money Cafe, is that um, if it was a library book, I don't like this one, so I'm taking it back and I'm going to come back with another one. Um, so I do wonder, though, whether it would, what I'd like to see is more of this education coming in younger. So before all these patterns are really set in, like, quite firmly, yeah. surely if our children could be taught to question and, and taught to challenge, um, then we're not going to have another generation repeating the previous generation the previous generation because I'm sure my gran was your yours best friend um yeah yeah, yeah. and it's interesting you saying that because I love that entrepreneurship that often isn't encouraged in schools you to think outside the box we can you know I see kids as going in a funnel and they all get dumped in at the top and they're kind of forced into this certain thing to come out you know at 16 18 whatever a certain way Mm. and we don't always need to get a job and earn the money and put it in the bank and save for a rainy day and get a mortgage and buy a house there there are so many different ways that we can explore finances success money and all those things that go with it but exactly like you say we don't introduce our kids to it a lot of the time no no I think that kind of sounding too cynical it does look sometimes like it's a system there's the education system they're going to go and get jobs Um, whereas to me education isn't a system it is that questioning and that 
thinking and reflecting on why. Um, even my my youngest, so I've got we both got big age gaps, but my yeah. youngest one's still at school. So he came back and he'd been told off at school, not told off, but yeah, yeah, told off. And he because he'd asked he'd asked to clarify the question. Um, and so even a small example of a perfectly normal behaviour in a child, he's remembered that he's taken that, and the lesson he's learned is if I ask a question, that's wrong. Whereas the lesson he's getting at home is. You have to ask the question. Curious, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. See, again, you're touching with my eldest, who, who does break the the rules. I think, you know, he's always looked outside the box. He, he, he's ex-military, and I've never understood how he even thought about joining up because he just does not like rules. You know, if somebody sets a rule and says you have to do this, he will look all the way around it rather than just obeying. He's not a drone. That's what he always says. But, you know, he looks at how he can make his money work for him. He's got this thing. I don't want to, again, probably because he saw it in my family, I don't want to work until retirement age. And then, you know, without putting a dampener on it, die two weeks later with a load of money in my bank and not live my life. So, you know, his plan is to retire early. He, he loves traveling. You know, he contracts a lot of the time so he can work six months and travel for six months. And he's got his life set up exactly how he wants it. You know, and I've got every admiration for him that he isn't fit. He won't fit in a box. He kicks and screams if anybody tries to get him to commit to anything. <laughs> I know. I think he's he's probably got it right for him. Yes. Um, and I think the the bit I heard you say there was he's living his life, um, and that is surely what the money is for. It's it's not to to have that status unless that's one of your particular values. It's to do what you want to do with it so yeah. that you can focus them. Because I certainly don't want to go up until retirement age and then look back and think, oh, I wish I'd done X, Y, and Z. Like, it's always tomorrow. It's always yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. But it's striking that balance. I've made some um, sacrifices. You know, he isn't in a relationship. He's never been married. He's not got children. So he's, he's, he's manufactured his life so that he can live it the way that he wants. Obviously, you know, if... if you are in a relationship or you've got children there are certain responsibilities that then come along with the finances and but then is that my mindset is that me thinking that that's how it needs to be I don't know yeah, yeah I mean it might be there's a, a lovely example of um, a family they got married they've got four children all kind of under 10 um, and they travel the world and they run their business online and earn it from passive income because that was a choice that they made um and others might make the choice that actually they like the children to be uh, there i mean i think one of the things and does this annoy me yes <laughs> it annoys well me. Done. Oh, <laughs> it annoys me. <laughs> it annoys me that there is a sense of um since families and since women were back back out of work like we never were before for heaven's sake um Everything's gone up, so the cost of living, childcare. Um, so okay. now it's like everybody's benefiting from two a family if there are two parents still there. Um, and I might have wanted to make the choice not to work because I might have wanted to have been a full-time mum. That might have been a choice that was important yeah. to me. Yeah. But financially in the, the system that we're in, that wasn't really a choice. And then at the time of being single, there was definitely no choice at all because really everything is geared toward. So I do feel sometimes like these choices, some of these choices aren't real. They're not great choices. There's yeah. either, but there is still a choice. Yeah. Um, so I th think just bringing that back there, that 
the choice is to to be creative and find another way to do it or the choice is to make a sacrifice um, or to decide that something will change on this date at this time and these are the steps I need to do to get there so um, and I think the reason I wanted to say that was to not be flippant for people who are in a financially difficult situation because it does take a bit of planning and a bit of time yes. for the whole thing to resolve yeah. but the mindset and the beliefs can resolve quite quickly yeah yeah 100% and it, it is that you know it's stuck in a loop sometimes where you're robbing Peter to pay Paul mm. and just you know if somebody would just give me x amount of money to lift <clears> me up one level it would be a lot easier and it's that first step that often is the most difficult one and loved what you said then about it's not always cutting back and saving and scrimping it's about okay how can I create more income that passive income that looking outside the box you know what can I do that's going to bring more money in rather than not spending it at the other end sometimes because for me once I get in that budgeting money saving mindset I'm like Ebenezer Scrooge I won't spend it on anything it's it kind of get I get obsessed with it which is good but then it's no way to live your life if you're not you know doing the nice things sometimes yeah and again it's that striking a balance yeah so the way I tend to, to flip I flipped it for myself and this seems to work for the people I work with is to move away from this idea of budget because the very nature of it is very scarce and controlling yeah that's not to say like reckless abandon um but let's flip it into well okay I now have to make choices about what I'm spending yeah I've got choices now. So instead of someone saying, so instead of going on a like money diet where I'm not allowed the biscuits, I know at 2 a.m. I'm going down into the kitchen to eat, yeah. um, which is your emotional shopper, I suppose. Um, you're now saying, well, I'm going to make a choice. So I'm going to make a choice for this, but not for this. Um, and then how do I make a choice? Well, what's important to me? What's important to my family? Um, and how are we going to shape that? so at least the the spending and the choosing feels less scarce because it does suggest that there is money to spend um so i think sometimes just switching exactly the same action but into more of an open and i, I know i use these words a lot freeing and open but i think if we can bring that, that feeling around money and take away that fear and the, the constraint then that in itself does create quite a big shift yeah yeah and you know I love I, I've been following the things that you've been doing for quite a while now when I love a lot of the hints and tips that you give that when it's you see it written down or I hear you saying it, it's like duh why did I not think of that that sounds like a relatively easy thing to do you know my mindset is anything around finances and money is going to be really difficult it's going to be hard and often it's not to just make small changes that build up into a big change yeah and I found that was a lesson that I had to to learn that I wanted to impart everything all these lessons um and then I thought actually going back 20 years ago I only needed one or two of the, the things to get started and it wasn't so overwhelming yeah um so yeah I think in our keenness to kind of share everything sometimes there's too much information so how can we really simplify that and strip that down um I think as well those and this I, I do I really do sound cynical today I apologize I think there is a deliberateness um I don't know who it is um that we wrap finance and money up in very complex language um yeah. and we make it seem like I want to break down this boundary of there's 
the haves and have nots because I think that's totally wrong but there is this kind of myth perpetuating that some of yeah. us have and some of us don't and as long as we all go along believing that then those that have a, a fine um I don't think that is should be allowed to continue from 2021 onwards um so how can we strip that language back how can we strip the activities back just to make them really simple straightforward and not feel and trigger those feelings of fear and anxiety and stress um so Thank you for, for that feedback. Any in particular, I'm going to put you on the spot. I love this. <laughs> I, I, I just love what you're saying, though, because that resonates so much with me and my background and, you know, being a psychotherapist that, you know, one of the things that prevented me from doing this job much earlier was the use of big words and constantly feeling, you know, lower status than those people that could use big words. And it was only when I started to be really authentic with myself that I didn't need to be that sort of a psychotherapist. I could be my sort of psychotherapist and certain people would relate to that. Others wouldn't. You know, if they want to go to a room where there's somebody sat in a suit and it's all very, you know, professional looking, that's fine but there will be those people like me that are quite daunted by mm. being around that so I love the fact that you're saying you know we need to unwrap this mystical thing called finances and put it yes. in simple terms for people like me to understand and I think that's why I really resonate with you and, and all the ladies in the you know the money cafe it that's just right. really yeah it, it is it's I love it I love the work that you do I've got every admiration for you so thank you. So I noticed something. I was listening to one of the, I don't know if it was a podcast or a little snippet that you were doing on Facebook about, you know, a challenge for making, was it a hundred pounds? That was that the challenge that you set and how you could do that. And yeah. some of the things were so easy. You know, check what subscriptions you've signed up to that you're no longer using. And they are, again, I think it's, and they, they're easy to do. And there is an immediate reward and you're kind of more inclined to go and maybe take on a slightly chunkier task or a different task. So yeah. it kind of gets you gets you in. Um, so that challenge was set um, in the Facebook community. Um, so just for those who, who are listening, um, it's called the Women and Money Cafe and it's on the Facebook group. But we just launched the podcast that goes alongside it. We did an episode on it as well. Um, and it is things, as you've said, like especially this time of year, We've got Christmas coming up. Um, I think it's a really nice time to to declutter because that's again, it's making space. It's making yeah. space in your bank account and it's and in your head <laughs> and in your head. Um, and then from that space, there's there's room for new. Yeah. Um, I think a secondary tip from that. So if anybody is going through and checking their subscriptions, is to well, I've just made twenty pounds saving on the fitness app or the streaming service I'm not using. I have not spent I've not enjoyed it all year so I'll put it in my savings so the secondary step from there would be well what can I do with this instead or well, what would be valuable for me to spend on that you know it's truly yeah. it might be another subscription next year that maybe you do use but I don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so it's not just cancelling it and that restricting that budgeting it's the kind of redeploying and spending in line with your intentions and your values um so yeah we've got loads of ideas um the, the team of experts in the cafe which is myself and julie flynn co-host the podcast and we've got sitsi michelle um and emily so we're in the the group and yeah, we we like sharing and to us that, yeah. that is a giving back that. that's important to us just to let everybody know that's listening or watching all the links will be put in the show notes i'll put the links for the 
the podcast and the Facebook group and anything else that I can find that relates to you. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, I I just think everybody should just, even if you're just listening to the podcast, traveling to work or while you're doing the washing up or whatever, filter through. Mm, they do a hard moment that little spark that you were talking about earlier on that you know is the start of the journey wherever you are on that path you know Mm. we we can make a choice and a decision yeah we can we can and I think that the part that perhaps doesn't come out um, enough is it's not just about people who haven't got money a lot of my clients have money they have really good incomes but with a different set of limiting beliefs it kind of kind of runs through their fingers and they're not seeing the outcome so they've got the work and the income so they're quite open to that but then they either don't feel you touched on earlier about this idea of success perhaps there's a sense that they shouldn't have it um, or they're not allowed it or they give it away and it's gone Um, so at any point in that journey it doesn't matter whether there's money there to show or not there is room for coaching um, and you still got the same aha moments regardless of the number of zeros that are on the end of that and I think that's a really good point because you know I have known people who have been quite successful but are very frivolous with it to get them back to a a level that they feel comfortable with you mentioned it earlier on and I talk about (laughs) it a lot what's your number at what point do things start to get uncomfortable you know for me as a psychotherapist it's you know how many people in a room can you be before you start to feel uncomfortable you know if they suffer from social anxiety or you know whatever it is we all have a number that's a tipping point for us so somebody around success and money you know if their tipping point is having I don't know 50,000 pounds in the bank and it goes over it you know unconsciously they will filter it off they will get rid of that yeah. money that's making them feel uncomfortable yeah to bring them back to staying yeah. where where is familiar um or they don't feel they deserve it so okay they may have earned it because there was a sense of needing to be successful in a job title yeah but somehow their sense of self-worth or deserving doesn't resonate with that so they can take the job but they can't necessarily take the money um so i was just thinking about one client who has an emotional spending on a and it's the same whether he was spending a thousand pound, a hundred pound, or ten pound, or in his case, a hundred thousand yeah. pound. It's the same belief. It's just there's, there's extra zeros on the end. So it doesn't matter where or how much money. If you're not seeing it line up with what's valuable to you, you're not seeing the rewards and living the life that you want. Then that's a, a really great trigger to, to go and find a coach that's going to hear you and, and listen to you and, and ask you the questions that you need to ask yourself yeah and again I think it's brilliant we are all unique and we are we've all got our own life scripts our own life experience so you know what's right for one isn't going to be right for the other so I totally agree you know reach out and get somebody so you work with people on a one-to-one basis as in coaching you also run small group I do. I've, uh, so the group program this year, that one's closed. So yeah. as we're coming through to December, um, I've got a few in the pipeline for January and into April, I think. Um, so I tend to run one which is very mindset based. So it doesn't matter where you are on your journey. You know that there's a habit that isn't working in line with you. So how can we undo that? Yeah. Um, I'm actually doing one with with my daughter, which I'm quite excited about because my going back to the house, she's yeah. a mortgage advisor. Um, and I think what's nice 
in this is that we we like the two sides of the same story, money story wise. Um, so it is helping young people go from not having a house to buying their first home and all the steps involved, coaching, saving, um, and that mortgage process. So that Brilliant. will be coming out sort of in January. So that's going to be a, that's going to be a really exciting one. Um, and then I'm launching a membership. And you've got a membership, so have, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, we can swap tips afterwards. But I think it comes back to the why is that I love one-to-one coaching, but it does come at a price, which yeah. is absolutely appropriate. But it does mean that I can't necessarily reach back and help 20-year-old version. Um, so I feel the membership gives people access to the coaching information, the tips, um, in a way that's affordable and accessible to them. Um, okay, it may take longer because you're going to sort of work through the self-serve yourself. Yeah. Um, but then because you'll get little gains and you'll get changes you'll start to see the the impact earlier on and then at that point you might want to, to try a group coaching program or even a one-to-one um so i'm quite excited about that i feel like i've got a ghost coming in and i have it's a random cup of tea look. oh lovely we should all have a ghost like that yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. it's actually an espresso chocotino apparently. oh lovely so. lovely <laughs> no what you were saying then about the membership is exactly why i set one up you know because working one-to-one obviously you know that hour of of my time has to mm-hmm. have a charge to it because like everybody else i've got a mortgage and bills to pay and everything else but that one hour in a membership can feed a lot more people you know at a lower cost which is why i chose to do that as well um so have you got a launch date for the membership are, are we uh, january okay, <laughs> um, okay. should i pick a, should i pick a date um i i want it ready for new year um i know that not everyone and yourself included is a big new year's resolution fan um and i'm not generally but i think other people look and even if i so I think to not be there at a time that people are looking for the help. Yeah. Um, so ideally, January, certainly the first week in January, it's, it should be up and running in a form or another. But I will be posting on my Instagram as I go. Um, so, yeah, um, so it will be kind of broken down into little videos, worksheets, tasks, things to consider. And that, that combination, which I think is really key, I don't know why I didn't say it before, of matching the mindset work alongside the practical skills yeah. so you could do all the mindset work and still not know what to do with your money which yeah yep. you could do the practical stuff and still not shift the limiting beliefs so i think they absolutely come um hand in hand so you'll get access to both of those along with goal settings and some accountability not quite sure whether i'm buddying up or whether um so some what should we say blurred areas that's fine but we like a bit of blurred areas yeah, yeah. <laughs> so feedback what you want that, tell me what it. you want yeah exactly yeah and i think that's the best way of running a membership i often say to my members right we've got a topic for this month what do you want me to do the next month because it's <laughs> going to be relevant to them i i can throw anything at them if it's not going to be relevant they're not going to use it so yeah it's um yeah. I, I like pivoting with my stuff so thank you so much for being here Catherine I will put everything in the show notes so that people can find out when you are launching they can check over on your your website Instagram Facebook you you're all over the place which I love thank yeah you. easy access so the, the last thing I usually like to say on these podcasts is if if you could what advice would you give to your younger self um Okay, let me just have a think. Um, I would probably tell her 
what she wanted to hear, which was that she was good enough, that there were, you know, she she didn't need to, to be anything else other than she was. So, and that that's all. And also, don't worry, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah. I often think that. I wish I had somebody to tell my younger self what I wanted, you know, how how different would things have be if somebody had told me what I knew was already there in the first place type of yeah. thing. So yeah. Yeah. It, would, it would have, although, yeah, I'm not sure I'd have, yeah, you've missed the lessons, I guess, if you know, don't you? Yeah. But, yeah. I think just, yeah, just sometimes you just need to go back and give our younger self the hug that they didn't have at the time. Yeah. Um, we're here because of them. And yes. it's, yeah, so a little bit of, in, t- in your theme for the month a little bit of gratitude to our younger self too yeah oh I'm all up for gratitude definitely so thank you so much and I, I will have you back once the membership is up and running oh, thanks so you can come back and talk about that congratulations yeah. on the podcast launch and everything yeah. that you're doing and uh, yeah just keep doing it yes, I will and you are on our new year podcast so for those who are listening and want to hear the other side of your story the women and money podcast cafe women and money cafe podcast yeah. that's the lovely jackie in for the new year yeah i've got the first one in 2022 i'm looking mm-hmm. forward to listening to it <laughs> you talking with somebody else on the podcast so thank you so much Catherine, and uh, we'll catch up again very soon all right thanks very much Jackie. Bye. bye now hey thanks for listening to this episode of the living life being human podcast Please follow on Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. And if you got value from this episode, please share it so that others can get value from it too. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Jackie Jones Coaching. Or you can visit my website, jackiejones.co.uk and click on the free resources tab at the top of the page for all my free and paid support. Thanks for listening.